copywriting success. When we start out as copywriters, obviously the aim is that eventually we'll be successful. But what does success mean to you? And is it actually all it's cracked up to be? In today's episode, Belinda and I are going to talk about our various successes over the years, the ups, the downs, the highs, the lows, and what we'd do differently if we had our chance all over again. Hello, my name is Kate Toon. I'm a copywriter, the founder of the Clever Copywriting School and the recipe for SEO success. And with me is my co-host in sunny San Francisco, Belinda Weaver. Hello, my name is Belinda Weaver. I am also a copywriter. My business is Copyright Matters and that's where you can find all things copywriting. We love it. We love it. And also we should be celebrating, Belinda. Have you got one of those little things that goes pop? Um, what are they? You know, no, we've got nothing. We've because got nothing. It, Let's it tell them why we're celebrating. We're celebrating the fact that it's our hundredth episode. We made it. Yay. I have got a glass of wine though, of course. I've got nothing. I've got nothing. I've got a piece of cucumber, which I'm just going to show Belinda. That's my <laughs> celebration. Um, <laughs> Also, you may have noticed that this episode is two weeks late uh, because, well, it is. Um, and maybe you didn't even notice at all. Belinda gets very sweaty about the schedule and likes us to stay on track. If it was yes, my, if it were, if I was running this podcast, this would be like our eighth episode in two years because <laughs> <laughs> I'm so useless. Um, but yeah, thank you to everyone who's listened to us for all this time. If you're still with us, thank you for still being with us. Yeah. And here's to the next 100. Yeah, absolutely. And I, can I just pop in and say, leave a review if you haven't done so already, because we really love leaving the re- reading the reviews. We read them at the end of the show, but you know, they make us, they keep us doing what we're doing. They do. Yeah. Because look, it, we'll be honest, it's a lot of work putting this pod- podcast together. And um, obviously we, we enjoy it, but it's, it's hard work. And now uh, we want to make sure that you still want it. And if you don't, we'll go and do something else. No, we won't. We'll just record it and no one will listen. Our mums will listen. <laughs> Our mums will listen and our dogs. So true. That's it. Those are our main two listeners anyway, I think. So we're all good. But look, talking of the success of our podcast and reaching 100 episodes, what we're talking about today is what it's like to be a successful copywriter. Because obviously mm. we don't go into this business hoping we're going to be miserable failures. So on this topic, Belinda, I guess the best place to start is what is success? What, when you started out, when you, you gave up your job and you, you took your old client, your old employer and made them into your first client, yep. what were your goals? I mean, what, what did success look like to you? Do you know what? I just wanted to be financially, I wanted it to be financially viable. That's what I wanted. I wanted to earn as much as I was doing in my full-time salary so that I was contributing to the house because we all know that with with financial contribution comes a certain sense of validation and value. So I just wanted to make it work. And we've talked before about how when we started, we were oblivious to the challenges. We were naive about the the complexity of it all. And we just carried on. And so I kind of look back on those days with a certain sense of fondness. But yeah, I think when I started, I just wanted it, I just wanted it to work because I wanted control of my career. And I wanted all the things that we want. I wanted flexibility. I wanted freedom. I wanted to work at the beach. No, I didn't want it. I never want to work at the beach because I hate the beach. But <laughs> that's what I wanted. I wanted my business to just work enough to keep doing it. What about you? 
I think very similar and, and very similar to you. I do look back at those early days with fondness because as you said, I was oblivious to the fact that there were so many other people doing this, that there were courses, there were books, that you know, there was stuff that you needed to know. That blind confidence I had in those first couple of years was awesome. And it really mm. wasn't until the first couple of years ended that I started to put my head up and looked around and went, oh my goodness, everybody yes. in the entire world is a copywriter. But I I left a well-paid agency job. I was five months pregnant. So I need, my husband had just started his own business and was earning nothing. So I needed to replace that income as quickly as possible. Um, I want, you know, I had to stay at home with my son because there was, there was no other option and I wanted to as well. Um, I don't think I was particularly ambitious about the types of clients I worked with. I didn't have a five-year plan. I didn't have any goals. I didn't even really have any financial goals other than, as you said, to make ends meet and to not have to go back to have a real job. That was always important as well. Um, And, you know, they were simple times, simple times. But then I think... I think my my definition of success has changed over over the years. Um, Has yours? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I think um, every, it's this idea of, you know, big fish, little fish. Like you you feel like a little fish in a big pond and then you get a bit bigger and then you feel like a big fish and then you switch ponds and then you're a little fish again. So there's been this kind of progression of jumping into the awareness of bigger groups of, people and entrepreneurs and whatever. Um, and that has every time I've made that shift and I've peaked at a new level of, of people doing what I want to do or people at the level I want to be at, that has changed my idea of what success looks like. I'm like, Oh, I want to do what she's doing. Cause that looks awesome. That is what success looks like. And every time I've done that, and I've actually followed different pathways going, oh, success is having a team of copywriters. And then I've gone, "Mm, no, that doesn't work for me. Oh, okay. Well, success is this. And I've tried out different things and I'm still figuring it out. But yeah, it's definitely changed. What about you? Well, I just to talk about you for a bit longer, because you know, you're more important. When you talk about levels, what defined a level to you? When did you feel you were leveling up? Was it a financial thing? Was it a who you knew thing? Was it a kind of clients you were working with thing? You know, we often talk about up leveling and I'm not entirely sure I know what that means. What, did, oh, what does levels is, mean to you? That is a really good question. Um, I don't know if I have a great answer. Like you mentioned a few things like who I knew Mm. who who you associate with and who you start being friends with. And this sounds like so high school, but, you know, when you start chatting regularly with people you like me, like you, like Kate Toon, <laughs> I talk to Kate Toon, everyone all the time. But when you start, you know, when you see people from afar and mm. you see them run their business and we have to be clear that everyone's front of house is very different to their back of house, but you, you see them doing their stuff and you think, oh, they've got it all together. They're successful. And then you start talking to them. Then you feel yourself Mm. kind of come into their realm and it's all lies. It's It's all nonsense. Smoke and mirrors and perception because we're all just people trying to get our shit done. 
but yeah, I, I don't know. But I mean, that's the nature of, of, of humans to look up to other humans and to, you know, I think, you know, we, we kind of judge ourselves quite harshly on that. And oh, I'm so shallow that I would think this person's better than me when clearly they're just another human. But we all do that. I mean, we all, yeah. we, it's, it's, it's impossible not to. I mean, and I think I'm the same. So as I said, the first couple of years, oblivious, just working. And then, you know, there were people that I'd followed that made me laugh. Belinda just went off screen, just disappeared really slowly off screen. I don't know what you were doing. <laughs> I thought you just collapsed and just gone. <laughs> slowly. Um, just slow, really slowly. Um, I remember as, as we've had Glenn Murray on the podcast very early on in the days when I first started, when I first Googled copywriter, you know, Glenn was right at the top of the rankings. And, you know, he, he was working with Darren um, from ProBlogger, writing books and had this amazing looking website, publishing blog posts. And I was like, wow, this guy would love to be like this guy this guy's amazing yeah and obviously because i'm an seo copywriter his i envied his ranking as well and i was like god i'd love to rank number one for these phrases so you know i think having people to follow um motivates us you know it's, it's yeah. why you know you, you have to have someone running a little bit faster than you so that you run a bit faster so i envied him a lot and looked up to him and when as i as you said when i got to know him i felt like oh wow oh wow i've kind of made it a bit now and yeah. when i beat when i beat him in google i thought oh wow i've, I've up leveled a bit now a lot for me was financial so my levels were judged by how much I was earning and when, I, when I'd reached certain thresholds. It was also the kinds of clients I got to work with. You know, so when I got to work with some big brand clients who were actually, as we've discussed on previous calls, a bit of a pain in the bottom. But, you know, when I started getting big brands coming direct to me to work with me, I felt like that was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. And then again, I guess even more recently, and, I, and it, it does sound pathetic, and I know it is pathetic. Yes, meeting some of your heroes, you know, going and speaking at conferences where people you have followed or, or not even followed, because I'm not much of a follower of people, but people you've seen online for years or you know are pretty well known, and you're on stage with them or you're chatting with them at the bar. That kind of feels pretty special. Yeah. Um, and, and the terrible thing is not, neither of us have mentioned that one of our definitions of success was how happy our customers were <laughs> and how much oh my they would I know, we're terrible people, but we're being honest. So we're being shallow. honest. Yeah. But, you know, I like, because I think success is such a subjective thing and it is so personal um, mm. and it does change that. And what's also interesting, like for me, it's not, it's almost not been a financial thing. Like I felt more successful when I started getting bigger projects, you know, Mm. when they start having more numbers in the proposal, that's also scary. And we're going to talk about this, like what comes with some of those levels of success. But I feel like, especially in the social, especially in the social media world. Yeah. It's a very outward looking thing. Like it's not, it's, it wasn't so much what my books reflected. It's what other people thought of me. It's a sense yep. of validation. Yep, it totally is. People. It's, you know, it's the dopamine of, of the like on the Facebook and the interaction on your post and, and how many people are following you. And we know that it's shallow. We know that it's high school, but still it has an impact on us. We all want to be popular. We all want to be liked. We all fundamentally at some level think we're not good enough and we're not likable. And therefore when people externally tell us that we are, it bolsters our sense of self. And, and yeah. you know, when we're earning big money and when people are approaching us and when people want to be our friends, uh, we're only human. You know, yes, it sounds yeah. shallow. We should all just be these centered lumps of calm that aren't affected by anybody ever. But yes, that's right. 
we're empathetic, sympathetic beings. That's why we're good copywriters. So clearly we're going to be impacted by these. So, you know, whatever your definition of success is, and I think for anybody, it would be a combination of those things, as well as hopefully having a nice lifestyle and family and love and all those other things. Yes. From a business, business perspective, when you started to feel more successful for various reasons, what were the upsides for you? What, 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 what rewards did you reap at that point? Well, there was definitely more income. When I started getting um, clients who would pay higher rates um, without having to haggle and stress, so I could take on fewer projects because they paid more but because they were bigger projects and that, that was nice for my bank balance. Um, starting to get better opportunities come my way, like starting to be asked to present things little, you know, that's when I started to do little local courses and local seminars and presentations and stuff like that. Um, what else? Just, you know, it's so, I feel so shallow. It's kind of embarrassing, but the moments that I've felt most successful have been moments when I have felt validated by other people. Yeah. We'll just do, we'll just call this episode hashtag shallow because I, I think that's right. Because you know what? I've, I, I feel really confident about delivering a great service to my customers and my clients. So that's not something I fret about, but right. I fret about my your place, peers. your in peers the world. Yeah, it's it, uh, it's exactly the same. So I, I've, I've even put this post in groups occasionally. You know, I can have thousands of happy customers, people liking my stuff, people paying for my stuff. But what really makes me feel like I'm succeeding is when I feel like my peers respect me, that my, that my opinion is yeah. valued by other people in the industry, that people are interested in what I have to say. That I respect, the people I respect respect me. Yeah. I think that's, and I think that's totally fair. And I think with success that comes, I do feel like, you know, you get more respect from your peers. I also think that, you know, you get more respect from your clients. Like they don't haggle, they don't question you so much. You know, yeah. people don't, if people come to me and, and I give them a quote, and they dare to come back and say, well, why are you so expensive? I'd just be like, go away. Thank you very much. Because I have that choice and I have that money. Mm-hmm. You know, you get to have that, you get to have that level. You get to pick and choose your jobs, yeah, which is hugely satisfying. Nice. You know, you get to uh, remove feast and famine and have that slight, I don't think it ever goes away in any kind of business, but have that slight feeling of like, this is working. I'm going to be okay. Yes. I'm not going to have to go back and work for the man. So you have that confidence and that comfort so Absolutely. All with success. And um, as well as the money, it's that feeling that I'm doing this. This is working. I can keep doing it. And I've it's made not a scramble. It's not a scramble, exactly. Mm. But there are obviously downsides as well. Uh, what downsides have you experienced? Well, I, um, you know, I think whenever you, whenever you get more of anything, like in order to get more clients, you have to become more visible in, in some respect because they have to find you. It's, it's just simple maths there and you know with Kate and you and I we we have courses so we want more traffic we want more eyeballs but as soon as we more eyeballs are on us there are higher expectations and the same with our rates we all want higher rates and there's this kind of six-figure business and you know five-figure projects and all that kind of stuff but with all those things comes higher expectations there's less room for mistakes 
because there's more people watching. And when you charge a premium price episode, is your copywriting business a sock in the box? (laughs) When you charge a premium price, you have to deliver. And that's stressful. It is really stressful. There's just less room for failure. And as you said, like, you know, one thing I've experienced is some some negative backlash. It's not as bad as it was. I went through a bit of a bad period. And that's simply because I put my head above the parapet. And as soon as you do that, people take notice. You know, the opinions that you have, people more people are seeing them. And, mm-hmm. you know, 1% of your audience are going to be asses. Yeah, 1%. Um, and the, obviously, that the number of those people increases as your audience increases. So there's more people looking at you. There is that tall poppy thing. I think you do attract more people feeling envious of you and that can come out negatively as well. Room for failure. So true. Like if I make a typo now, which I do all the time, people are on me like, Oh, call yourself a copyright, blah, blah, blah. No one used to care before. Um, for me, it's just the sheer volume of humanity. So I thought, you know, it's going to be great moving from a one-to-one service to a one-to-many because I won't have all these blooming clients from emailing me or whatever. But I've gone from having maybe 10, 15 clients a month to having, you know, 10, 15,000 people interacting with me a month on a daily basis. I, if I, when I go back to my Facebook, let me just have a little look. I've been off Facebook for how long have we been doing this? 36 minutes. Let's see how many notifications I've got. I was 72 notifications since I've come off. So that's people liking, people interacting, people commenting, people sharing. Which that's is just, nice. Which is nice, but that's in 36 minutes. So you times that across the day, across yeah. Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, email, messenger, phone. It can become overwhelming. And oh, yeah. I remember when leading up to CopyCon, you were saying you had like 700 notifications. Yeah. That I can't even process that. Yeah, it's a lot. And, uh, you know, again, all those people have expectations of you. All those people have a relationship with you. Because everyone wants to reach out and make a connection. And that's when we're talking about having a good relationship with our clients. We want them to feel like they're our only client. Exactly. And that's, you know, it all comes back to systems and processes, people. It helps you do that, but it can swamp you. Yeah. And therefore you need to employ team members. So now I have, uh, I have, I think I have five people on my team and I never did for a long time. I resisted it for a long time, but it really was getting to the point where it's like, I'm not going to be able to do what I want to do if, unless I get some people to help me. This is silly. Mm. You know, I'm working too long. And now what I pay my team is what I earned in my second year of business. So, you know, it's a, it's a substantial amount that I have to make every month before I even start making money for myself, you know, and that, that's a weird feeling. I have no employees because I never want to be responsible for someone's mortgage. Everyone's a contractor, but still, Mm. you know, then you become less of a doer and you become more of a project manager. So you spend less time actually doing the skill, the craft that you want. Um, yeah, it's, it's, odd. You and know? that's what we talked about in the subcontracting episode where yes. when you subcontract out to a team and it, some people do this beautifully, you become the project manager. And both of us realized when we both tried that model, that it wasn't, um, it wasn't what we wanted to do in that, in that moment. And so yeah. it's just about being aware of the transitions you make as your business grows. So maybe, and this is a really interesting point because Maybe success for you isn't growth of your business. Oh, 
oh, you can't just throw that at me. No, I don't. And I, and I, I am very, I'm somebody who's very clear on the fact that I don't know what success means to me. Yeah. And I'm, I'm, I'm a work in progress. I, I mean, I have done many things that I thought would make me feel like I'm a success. Yeah. And then, you know, so for example, you know, running a conference, making a certain amount of money, writing a book and having that book do well, uh, speaking at events globally, all these things should have been the checkpoint. And then you get what I call, oh, it's not my phrase, but someone else's phrase, summit syndrome, where you've done all the things you wanted to do. And you're like, what now? What do I do next? And I think that's when you have to go back to the source and go, I really need to dig into why I'm doing these things. Why am I constantly feeling the need to achieve and get this external affirmation? Because I will never be fulfilled. I'll never be successful. Yeah, that's right. I'm never, it's never going to be enough unless I work out that I'm enough, just me. I don't need someone to like my Facebook post. Yeah. Um, it's such so. a good point. I mean, towards the end of last year, I actually started, I booked in um, to work with a mentor for this year. And the first question was, well, what, what does success look for you, look like for you? I was like, I don't know. No, and I think a lot of people don't know. You know, for me, it's come down to the basics. For me, success looks like, you know, being able to take my son to school and walk my dog, eating well, getting eight hours sleep, working and doing stuff that I enjoy and having choices, um, yeah. earning decent money and having a laugh with my friends and family. That's success. Um, and a part of that might be speaking at an event or writing a book or running a cause, but that's, that's the, the symptom, not the cause or the result, not the point. strategy or exactly. Something like yeah. That. Something like that. It's not the end yeah. result. It's just, you know, but I think, you know, when it, there's this whole guru culture, this whole coach culture of us trying to find out, you know, what, what really is going to make us feel satisfied and successful. We're human beings. It's in our very nature to crave new things. It's all what Buddhism about, isn't it? The acceptance and, and kind of accepting what we have and not striving for new stuff. But if we didn't strive for new stuff, we'd still be in the primordial soup with no legs. Wouldn't yeah, we? Be, I agree. You know like what I mean? I Pri- yeah, I, I just said primordial soup. Hashtag primordial soup. That's my. You know what I mean, yeah. though. Like, no, they absolutely do. I think I get, I get itchy. I get unsettled. Um, I like new challenges, and I like to be trying new things. Yes. Um, but what trips me up is looking at other people. Yes. And what tripped me up last year, in specifically, is looking at other people and judging myself, measuring myself against them, because yes. that is where you start measuring your back of house by their front of house and and not seeing what goes into it. And like, we've had really long chats, Kate, where, you know, you're super successful, but you work really hard and you've earned every bit of that, but people don't understand. Mm. Like it's not easy. I mean, even even between you and I, and and, and you know, for the for the listeners listening, it, you know, even Belinda and I, especially in the early days, less so now, would look at each other and go, oh, gosh, yeah. He's done that. And then we wouldn't talk about it. And then we would talk about it. We both go, oh, you know, like, and you, we both had some successes recently. Yeah. Belinda was interviewed by Amy Porterfield. Not, she didn't interview Amy Porterfield. Amy Porterfield interviewed Belinda, which is awesome. And um, I got to speak in New York at the copywriting conference, yeah. uh, you know, and so we're both having successes and we both have ebbs and flows. There's periods where Belinda's doing really well and maybe I'm doing a bit less and vice versa. 
And that's kind of weird as well, because we do end up looking at each other sometimes. And then we get together and we go, actually, that thing was really awful and I didn't enjoy it. Or actually, that thing that looked really great on social, it was good, but I worked so hard on it and I kind of regret it. Yes. Transparency has really helped me and you realize that a lot of the successes you see other people having are nonsense and they're not real. And even if they are, who cares? <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. And what I, you know, one of the stories that I wanted to share is um, a lady in my group, Becky Brown, and she has gone through so many phases of growth in her business. She has really been smashing it since I've got to know her. And one of the things she's done recently is she's like me. She tried different models. She tried subcontracting out to a team. She thought, I'll become an agency because that's what success looks like. And I'll do this because that's what success looks like. I'll take on big projects. I'll become part of someone else's team. And she's tried all these different things. And she's reached a point where she's gone, you know what? I don't, I'm not having fun. Yes, I'm earning the money, but I'm stressed out up to my eyeballs. So you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go back to what I love doing, which is copywriting. I'm going to find the clients I love to work with who will pay my rates and I'm going to live a good life. And that's what my version of success is right now. I'm going to stop taking things on that, you know, I'm going to say no more, you know, and all these kind of, and I'm just like, that is brilliant. Well, that, I, I'm, I, I'm a Becky Brown. I'm, I'm totally at Becky Brown's point of view. So I feel like I've, we, you know, I've done all the models that we tried with copywriting, the subcontracting, the agency, the, the working for the man, the not. And then as an, as an entrepreneur, and I am doing air figures, I've done all the things that you do. I've got events, memberships, clubs, products, shops, podcasts, you name it, conferences, speaking gigs, you name it. I've done all of them. They're all okay and they're all fun. And I would still do some of them to some degree. But what I miss most is waking up on a Monday and not having anything to do. Uh, I, am, I, I don't enjoy the treadmill because again, the other thing about being successful is that, you know, oh great, you know, I've got 200 people in my copywriting membership. Brilliant. Success. Look at me. Winner. But those 200 people are there every Monday waiting. Yeah. <laughs> Wanting content. No I can't. Off. Yeah. And, you know, I can automate it and I can, you know, bulk batch things and, and get people to help me, but I still have to turn up because that's the promise I made. And sometimes that feels a a lot. And I am, you know, I'm at the point now where I'm like, I'm happy doing what I'm doing. I'm still, I'm still enjoying it, but I can see not the light at the end of the tunnel, but the darkness at the end of the tunnel, the point where it's going to get to where I go, you know what? I don't want to do this anymore. And I'm going to go back and I just want to be a regular copywriter working on clients that I enjoy for a lot less money. But you know, it gets to the point with money and this sounds, we talked about this at uh, at the conference, didn't we? And I was like, God, these, these crazy Americans are obsessed with money. All they talk about is money. And Joanna Weave was there and she said, well, actually, I quite want to earn a lot of money. And I was like, fair play to you. But I'm at the point where I'm replacing perfectly good cushions with new cushions. There was nothing wrong with the cushions I had. Like, there's nothing I need or want, you know? And that makes me sound like a bit unambitious. But I don't want a big car and another house. And I just, I don't want, I want a simple life. And I want to not work so hard. Do you know what I mean? We're getting very deep and meaningful on this podcast. And just for the record, I I want a new car. I'm still at the (laughs) new car. I still want a new car. But, you know, like I'm still. and I don't even have a car, so I don't need a new one. Yeah, that's true. But it just, it's also a good opportunity to point out that people you look at, like people might look at us and go, oh, they are successful. I don't think they are. I'm looking at 
cake going, <laughs> no shit, I'm not successful, she's successful. And like yeah. we're always looking at other people and with each new level comes new devils. Um, I like that. Each new challenges, each new level has new challenges. Um, but for me, I'm, I'm looking, I've got a little map saying when I reach this income level, I'm going to get a new car. Mm. <laughs> and I've worked out because for me, I'm still growing in so many ways. And each mm. time you try something new, you enter into the start of that process. Yeah. So, you know, I've launched my membership. It's still new. So I've got a long way to go for that, you know, and there's always things that you there might is. try out. And I, that's what I actually like about it because if you try something new, it's a new experience. You get to learn more you know, give things a go. Exactly. And for me, I'm in the zone now of trying to pare things down, which is a new experience. Can I be satisfied for the next six months with not launching anything new, with not coming up with any new ideas? Can I just improve what I've got, you know, fill in all the holes and all those bits that I've always wanted to fix and those documents and processes and graphics. Can I be satisfied for six months with no external affirmation because I'm not launching anything. I'm not speaking at anything. I'm not, not, you know what I mean? Can I just be in my business. I've got the money coming in. There's good vibes out there for me. It's going to be a lot less stressful. That's an, that's my challenge next for the next six months to see if I can just be instead of doing. And that's going to be really interesting, which is a new challenge. And maybe I won't be able to, I don't know. We'll soon see. So look, if you had your chance to do things differently, we're talking about, you know, we've, I'm about 11 years in, I think you're about 11, 10 years in as well. Yeah, 10 years in. Um, and you know, you've, you've obviously tried out all these models and, and you've now reached a point where you, I mean, I think you feel relatively successful. There's always more to do, I guess, if you want to, uh, but what would you have done differently if you could look, go back and speak to Belinda five years ago when you took your head out of just being a normal, regular copywriter and thought, I'm going to be more successful. What, what, what would you say to yourself? Um, and I, and we said this in the chat leading up and I said, you know what I'm going to say, Kate, I'm going to say, <laughs> I don't do anything different because every yeah. choice I make helps me be the person that I am. But it's, you know, I like, I can only cross things off my list as like, uh-uh, okay, I tried that, didn't work. Um, you know, like every new thing you try that fails is the path, you know, you don't go down or something like that. It's getting late. <laughs> No, I know what you mean. You couldn't just go, well, you you had to try it to know whether you'd like it or not. Yeah, that's right. Otherwise I would never know and I would look longingly at it. But um, I think, you know what, I I would probably put more focus and I should do this right now, put Mm. more focus on understanding my numbers. Right. Yeah. I still don't have a good grasp on that. Do you do profit first? No. Life changing. I know. Can we do an episode on it? Yes, we can. You know, I bought the book after talking. To oh, I didn't buy the book. I copied it, and then it was too. It's too much, so I bought the Cliff Notes, and I still haven't. Yeah, read I, the book I, I never read the book. Couldn't be bothered. Um, um, but I've done it, and it's changed my entire business. I need and to do it. That was two years ago because up until then I wasn't good with my figures, and I would agree. I think that's so important to really know what you're earning because otherwise, you know, where are you going? What are you doing? Why are you even doing what you're doing? How profitable are you? Can you afford to? do that professional development. You have to know your numbers. I think that's really important. And I think something we've touched on in this episode is I'd really examine why I'm doing what I'm doing. Mm. We 
really understand the reasons. And, you know, am I doing it because I want my peers to respect me? Am I doing it to earn money? Am I doing it because it makes me happy? So the three questions I always ask myself now is, is it needed in the market or wanted in the market? Um, will it earn me money? And will I enjoy it? Will it spark yeah. joy, as they say? So that I always ask those three questions. And look, sometimes it's okay to do something just to bolster your ego. You yeah, know? absolutely. You know, did did flying to the Netherlands and speaking at YoastCon, did it do a huge amount for my business? I mean, I'm sure maybe a little bit, but for the cost of it and, and the time that it took and whatever. Did I do it for that reason though? No, I did it because I wanted to be able to say I'd done it and because it was amazing and because I enjoyed it. You Credibility know I mean? markers are important if we want they to are. grow our business. And, and also occasionally showing off is all right too. Well, yeah. it's all right to, you know, be interviewed by Amy Porterfield and, and talk about it and be proud of that because that's an achievement. And you 10 years ago would have wet your pant. We well, you probably didn't know who she was then, but you'd have been over the moon. Yes. And I don't think we should, you know, like we said in this episode, oh, we feel a bit shallow and stuff. There's nothing wrong with patting ourselves on the back and feeling a bit proud of ourselves sometimes and showing yeah. off a little bit. It's fine. Do you know, as long as we don't do it's it all the time. <laughs> I, think, I think it's something as Australians and Brits, oh, we yeah. struggle with. Humble pie. I know because I instantly, as soon as I have a, a little win, I like I'm going, oh, Oh, I talked to Sonia Simone on Copyblogger FM and then I'm like, oh, but it was nothing. And then yeah, I have you to go self-effacing, you bring yourself down. But there are, you know, there's groups on, on Facebook and, you know, I see people like putting people down. Who does she think she is? And look at her, you know, she was great then. And, you know, you see there are snarky people who, who will be going, who the hell does Belinda Weaver think she is? With her? I mean, you know, there will be people like that. I mean, who cares? But it's awful that we feel we have to apologize for our success as yes. well. And downplay it. Because I, downplay I always it. instantly start downplaying going, oh, it was nothing. It, I didn't do any. I did, 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 did. You did that straight away with the Amy Porterfield thing when I asked you about it. You're like, yeah, but I, yeah, she didn't really want. I just, and I was like, oh man, stop. You know, yeah, stop. It's amazing. it's amazing. You did it's great. Ridiculous. But I do the same. And you know, better to be humble, I guess, than up our own bottoms. And yeah. I'm talking of bottoms. We have reached the bottom of our episode. Look at that. Beautiful. Yeah. Um, so I think, you know, in summary, I think we, we really have to understand what success means for ourselves or not. I don't think everyone has that answer. You know, it, it's a bit of a Simon Sinek, understand your why. I'm not sure I have a why. Mm. I have lots of, I don't have a big why. I have lots of tiny little whys and it yeah. changes day to day. My why today is I'm going out with my husband for some drinks and I want to finish by four. So I wanted to work hard today so I could finish by for that's my why and that's a good yeah. enough why and I feel successful and because I've done it <laughs> I think you know I, the other thing I'd leave people with is just because it's working for someone else it doesn't mean just because we've done courses doesn't mean you have to do a course but you do a course or just because someone else is doing something doesn't mean that that's the path that you have to follow absolutely not because uh, I think just, I know I'm waffling on and we have to go, but everyone keeps on saying to me now, right, well, you've done all these things. You should become like a business coach. You should not just talk about copyright. You should just talk about your whole business journey because you've done every single different type of thing in, to a degree, apart from having a huge uh, company. You, know, you should teach people how to podcast and you should teach people how to do their money. And, and I'm like, should I? Is that the next step? Does it have to be? I don't want to. Yeah, I don't want to. That's uh, it. And, you know, don't have to go to the next level. 
you know, I want to go down a few levels or back a few levels and, and be happier, to be honest. But that's a whole different episode. But I think yeah. we'll also do an episode on profit first because I think that's super important. Love it. All right, well, look, we're done. Um, and uh, I think that was a successful episode. Regular listeners will know that at this time we read out a review of the show. Today, we're giving a shout out to... Nairi Clark. I always nearly say Nagari Clark, but it's Nairi Clark. And she says, as a copywriter with a year or two under my belt, I love being able to get insight and op- insights and opinions from Kate and Belinda. Not only are they great to listen to, but discuss interesting topics with actionable advice. Thanks for the effort you put into the show. It's a lovely review. Oh, my phone's ringing. How awkward. Oh, go away. <laughs> Sorry, can't talk right now. <gasps> Oh, that wasn't successful. Thanks to you for listening. If you like the show, don't forget to leave a rating and review on iTunes and Stitcher. Your review will help others find us and we'll give you a shout out on the show. But please don't ring me during the show because it's embarrassing. You can also head to hotcopypodcast.com and leave your comments on the blog post for this episode. So thank you very much, Belinda. Thank you very much, Kate. Until next time, happy writing. Thanks for listening right to the end. If you enjoyed this podcast, you might enjoy my two other podcasts. I have one called The Recipe for SEO Success, which is all about SEO tips, advice, and helping you grapple the Google beast. And my other, The Confessions of a Misfit Entrepreneur, which is all about dealing with the stresses of running your own business. You can find both of them on iTunes and Stitcher, or wherever you listen to podcasts. I'll tell you a funny story about that Amy Porterfield interview. Okay, yes, hang on.